Jim Urio is Director of TJM Institutional Services, and Kenny Polcari is a Managing Partner at Case Capital Advisors, and he's a Chief Market Strategist at Slate Stone Wealth. Gentlemen, welcome back. I know that neither of you have any strong opinions about this, but I just thought I would t- toss it out there. Um, uh, Urio did good on the TV. By the way, did you notice, Jim Urio, you weren't in the you know one and a half minute E block. You worked your way up to the B block oh, no. on the show yesterday. I'm very honored. It was awesome. I yeah, mean, it was so much that, fun. right? That, that was really something. Jim Urio and the B block. I think you had about seven or eight minutes. We had you right up there. I think you had more time than General Keene, for God's sakes. <laughs> anyway, and I'm gonna because I heard the Urio said Ken Polcari. Give us some wisdom on this cryptocurrency crack up. But and I just want to add, okay, for perspective, there's a lot of crack ups going on in the stock market. It's not like just the cryptos. But what's your take on the cryptocurrency route? Well, so listen, you know, it it, it I have a bunch of takes on it. Um, <laughs> yes. Partly because I am invested in it. I don't I don't follow it so much where I analyze it. I have Bitcoin and Ethereum, which is where I'm which is where I place my bet continue to place my bets but i'm also of the opinion that look this is a new asset it is risky everyone know it's risky i'm not certainly overweight in it but i want to be in it because i want to participate in it um am i surprised to see the meltdown i'm not really for two reasons a because i think some of it is brought up by the weakness in the market with people you know you sell the things you can when you get nervous and you try to raise money quickly and i think that's part of what you're seeing in the crypto world is that people you know get nervous about where that's going so they want to bail bail bail. so that's put downward pressure but i also think that um it's growing pains for the crypto world right i don't think it's going away uh i think some of the stable coins like that uh, luna coin uh, which I don't completely understand how that's even constructed. I think things like that prove themselves to be failures, and those will die a natural death, like I think this one has. Um, but I don't think Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to necessarily die on the vine. I think it's just really, really bad growing things, and anyone who's in those markets needs to have a much longer-term view on it. Yeah, so just to follow up quickly, you you said it as a, as an aside, but I think it's very important that the cryptocurrencies are here to stay. I mean, I still get arguments about that. Uh, I was on radio with my dear friend, John Katsimatidis, and there just is a view that this is somehow going to go away. It's not going to go away, right? I mean, people just have to deal with that. And if you invest in it, if you buy them, right, if you buy the crypto, say you're buying Bitcoin and or Ethereum or um, Coinbase, which is an exchange, Coinbase makes money. They made a lot of money last year, but four or five billion dollars for heaven's sakes and profits. So it's here to stay, right? Yeah, but it is. But you know, Larry, it was very interesting. You saw the news on Coinbase last week, right? Talked about should they ever file bankruptcy? People, account holders, people that have those in Coinbase are in fact not protected. That's a problem for anyone. That- Coinbase account. Look, I have a Coinbase account. That's where I have my crypto. I now thought twice about where should I be storing my crypto if, in fact, I have zero confidence that I'm going to be protected should something happen to that to that to that company. Right. That that's just something that people should think about. But I guess what I'm really concerned is how what the SEC thinks about that comment. Mm-hmm. Don't they, uh, Jim Urio? Um, oh, you the SEC. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> 
he wants the A block now. That's what the lobbying is. But let, here, here's the thing. Um, what, uh, what Kenny just said about Coinbase, it is regulated by the SEC. Now, what, how damaging was their announcement? Were they wrong? Do, are they well enough capitalized? Do they have enough reserves or what? But it's all about whether or not people's interests are going to stay in it. And, and, you know, so we had talked about this about a year ago, where in my mind, I think there was hundreds of thousands of people who had dropped out of the workforce and were the crypto bro, crypto traders. And that's where Coinbase makes money. So the whole thing I think we're talking about here is easy money policies ending. And we're pulling back the wallpaper to see where the problems are in cryptocurrency. So the question is going to become, are people going to still be interested in cryptocurrencies and still be actively trading cryptocurrencies going forward? I think the answer to that is yes. There's something that you guys talked about, which I thought, which thought was interesting, is that are they here to stay? Yes or stay? I thought of back in the early days of the automobile, how like there was, and I might be getting some of these numbers wrong, there was 500 different automobile manufacturers in this mm-hmm. country alone. And time more. Kenny, you remember that was when you were a kid, right? Anyway, as time wore yeah. on... Um, <laughs> Not, was you know, down to the, <laughs> right, exactly. That was a joke, Kenny. I don't even know what he <laughs> um, Anyway, so I think the same thing we're seeing here. And I think what we're seeing now in the weakness with the Tether, Luna, stablecoin thing is finding a gap in the system where there was weakness, probing it. Now, one of the reasons that happened is because Bitcoin is being used as collateral for that stablecoin, and Bitcoin's lost 60% of its value since November. And um, because they were failing or not, or I'm not sure failing is the right word, they may have to sell their collateral. So that exacerbated the fall in Bitcoin. So, but I think what the long story short is, is I think that Bitcoin and Ethereum are here to stay. They already have the first 10 to 11 years under their belt um, as far as winning over confidence. And Coinbase stays fine as long as people continue to uh, need places to store and trade that. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I like Coinbase. That's where I have my account as well. Right. I mean, I, I like Coinbase. I, what was concerning to me was that statement they made about, look, you're not protected if we file bankruptcy. I think that was what was concerning to me. Yeah, but yeah, Kenny, there's... take any company. Yeah. Look, you own a stock in a company. Yeah. And the company can go down and you will lose correct. all your money. All right. Yeah, is that correct. different from Coinbase? Well, the only reason I think it's different from Coinbase is for me, in my mind, Coinbase is like the bank. Right. So I have money in the bank. I'm not talking about owning Coinbase as a stock. I'm talking about having my Coinbase account at Coinbase. So my Ethereum and Bitcoin is held at Coinbase. Right. So if I understood it correctly, what they said is, should they file bankruptcy, potentially lose my money in my own account at Coinbase. Unlike if I have my money at Chase Manhattan and they go out of business, I'm protected somewhat by FDIC insurance. Yeah. Well, okay. I was going to ask you. Unless I completely misunderstood that, although I don't think I misunderstood it. But Kenny, the young, the young crypto bros, they take their their crypto out and keep it in a in a uh, cold wallet. Well, correct. So we don't that's correct because we, we don't because we don't know how to do that. So there is a little bit of a difference. And that's exactly the point. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, here is Coinbase. Is Coinbase too big to fail? They had ninety million people, some odd. So. You know, these big banks are too big to fail. We're going to bail them out. We've learned that lesson painfully, probably getting worse. Is it going to now spill over 
into the unregulated, Coinbase is regulated by the SEC, but the crypto world by and large is unregulated. Now, the left-wing woke progressives will try to squeeze it out and have the government take them over, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because the cavalry is coming. But really, is Coinbase too big to fail? 90 million people are in it. 90 million, that's a big number. (laughs) It's a very big number, 90 million million people are in it what's the balance that they actually like well what does that represent in terms of bitcoin value right or ethereum value or other values i don't know what that is i don't think I, the government would care one lick if coinbase failed if the whole crypto <laughs> world went away yeah, I, I don't think, think they're terrified that. of it because it happens outside purview and i think they're in back rooms right now calculating how they could make it go away there's even some talk that there might have been some nefarious activity that caused that stable coin to go down again i'm not pointing but come on, the government doesn't want um, this a vibrant, non off off the Fed's balance sheet, off the banking system's rate of, rate of exchange, do they? No, you're so right. Listen, I went through this. We had these conversations during the Trump administration. The Federal Reserve and the Treasury want the whole crypto world to go away. They just want it to go away. Now, right. they, they haven't done anything about that. I mean, we had discussions Inside Trump administration, I'm not going to tell you who was on which side, but I'm going to tell you I don't want crypto to go away. I do think it's here to stay. But again, the Fed and the Treasury don't like it one bit. And they want to, you know, the Fed wants to have a digital dollar because they can control that and regulate that. It just be part of their money supply. And you know how brilliantly they've done on that money supply stuff. Let me take a quick break, okay? Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, Chicago's leading restaurateur, and Ken Polcari, managing partner at Case Capital and chief market strategist at Slatestone Wealth. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back. And now we're going to tackle the stock market. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're talking to Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, and Ken Volcari, managing director at Case Capital Advisors. All right, gentlemen, let's look at the stock market. We talked about the crypto market. Um, another bad week. Everything was down. The NASDAQ is down 24.5% year to date. I just want to read these sort of key areas. Uh, In the S&P 500, consumer discretionary down 26%, Infotech down 22%, telecoms down 25%, the phone companies. I don't know what that's about. But then you go deeper. uh, The SOX index for semiconductors is down 25%. The Home Builders Index is down 32%. And the S&P Retailers Index is down 27%. Jim Urio, I'm just saying there's a lot of carnage inside the market. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're saying, too, about naming all those sectors that don't always move together, I think it's a kind of the mirror image of how they were all moving up with easy money and the high correlations that have happened over the last 10 years, and now we're seeing it sucked out of the market. Again, this is the same thing about pulling back the wallpaper and having everything has to readjust higher rates. You know, I've been saying 20% in the broad market, the S&P, and 35%. Uh, needed to happen. But again, I don't even think it's the worst thing in the world. Corrections are supposed to happen, and this is part of it. Um, I said one, one of the reasons that three and a half million baby boomers left the workforce ahead of schedule was really rosy and enthusiastic predictions of where the Fed put was going to be and stock market returns going forward. We're not supposed to be making decisions on this notion that stocks always go up. So this is a reality check, and it's fine. Um, 
I do think the Fed is not going to tighten as much as they they think they're going to. I think they're going to go twice more 50 and then reevaluate. The five-year break-evens have gone from 3.6 to 2.89. So there's less worry about this inflation being persistent as heck going forward. And I think the question is going to be the Fed tightening, meeting meeting the recession, which I think is going to be a relatively mild recession. I don't think there's huge excesses built up like we saw in the real estate uh, market back in 07. Uh, But I think think the most of the stock market carnage is good. I think certain things are going to do good commodities. Corn is still basically at you know, multi-year highs. Crude is high. The dollar is at almost a 20-year high. So certain things are doing fine. But uh, I think the carnage will continue a little while longer, but not much. Ken Carey, what do you make of it? So, listen, I think to Jimmy's point, that's correct. A lot of these sectors that you named, the ones that are down the most, are certainly the ones that led on the way up and will readjust in this rising rate environment. I don't know why that, why anybody should necessarily be concerned. Again, it's a math equation, right? When the inputs change, the output has to change, and the inputs are changing because we're changing the policy, we're changing what the expectation of rates is, what does that then mean for stock market value? And what you're seeing is that correction is happening. And it's not the it's not, you know, doomsday light your hair on fire, run out the run, you know, run out the door. It's not that at all. But people should recognize that those sectors that you name, like consumer discretionary, should absolutely be having doing what it's doing because they are, as it says, discretionary items. They're not things that people need to live every day. And so therefore, you would imagine that those things would 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 trade lowest. Consumers, on the other hand, are on the year. Down, they're not up, they're flat, which is actually a win, considering the market's down, you know, the S&P's down nearly 17% or 15%. So to Jimmy's yeah, point, but, that correction happened. I, all right, I'll get, let me give you some, another scenario. So there's, I think, too much talk that inflation is, quote-unquote, coming down or will come down or peaked. It's not at all clear to me that that's true. I mean, I think inflation is going to be an intractable problem, and I think you're going to run 6 to 10% inflation. So, therefore, regarding stocks and, and cryptocurrencies, for that matter, um, the Fed will be more aggressive. They will be forced into it. They don't want to be, but in the second half of the year, they will see just how bad the inflation story is. The whole country is turned against it. It's wreaking havoc for the Democrats in the midterms. The Fed, you know, Jay Powell's a very political guy. So they're going to have to drain reserves, not just let bonds run off, but actually pull money out of the economy and take the Fed funds rate up much more than people think. Not, you know, 250s and uh, 250 basis points and they're out. I'm talking about full percentage point increases in the second half of the year. So by the end of the year, the Fed funds rate could be 5%, that kind of thing. What would that do to the market? What would that do? Jim Urio, I'm going to start. This is my question. You, Jim Urio, you first. I think it would be terrible with the market. I, I think that yep. then we're talking about, like I sold the 3,000 puts the other day, which which is down 37%. And to me, that was the fact that they were as um, as expensive as they were, in my mind, was thinking, no, there are certain people who are po- who are pricing in what you're talking about. And I mm. personally think that that's, that's too much. That's the far end of it. I don't think that's going to happen. But the political notion you said about that political notion of Jay Powell, just to take soft landing off the table like days after his final appointment to um, 
to turn hawkish days after his initial appointment a couple months back. Anyone who makes the argument that this that he didn't keep things running too hot for too long because of some political pressures, I think that argument is a losing argument. But I, I don't. I think what you're saying, I don't think will happen. I don't agree with that. But I, if it does, I think we could be seeing around 35 percent in the broad market. Kenny. Yeah, I, listen, I'm Larry. I'm in your camp. Jimmy, I, I agree I with Larry that I think inflation is going to remain strong, and that is going to be a problem, and the Fed's going to realize that not only are they behind the eight ball, they're well behind the eight ball. And so uh, I don't agree that they're going to slow down, that they're going to you know, stop guys, raising rates. What, if, what if this – Kenny, what if this scenario happens? What if we're starting to go into a bit of recession, so prices are coming down on their own. At the same time, supply chains begin to adjust to whatever new world it is, and whatever's going on in China – um, start yep. to end, which I don't even understand that one bit. But in that scenario, do you think inflation slows down considerably? Well, in that scenario, it probably slows down. I'm not sure it slows down considerably, but I think it might slow down a little bit. I'm still in the I'm still under the uh, under the uh, uh, impression that that's not going to happen, and inflation is going to remain elevated at these higher levels. It may not spike higher, but it may just stay at 10 percent and just stay that's there. Right. Um, that's right. That's right. Which is, what, which is what the problem is going to be. It's not about supply chain. The problem with the supply chains argument is that the government spending and the Fed's money printing has created so much demand with right. nominal GDP rising at 10 to 12 percent as a proxy for demand. I don't care with or without supply chain. No supply chains. You, we can't produce goods and services enough to satisfy this inflated demand. That's the problem. The Fed hasn't even started to withdraw money yet from the economy. You're going to anyway, play beware. me out before I can even respond, right? Oh, man. Jim Urio <laughs> and Ken Polkari. Thank you, gentlemen. More to be revealed. 